the prophecy of Daniel uh, was written for a people who were in exile, the people of Israel in exile. Uh, God's people had been stripped of, of everything. Uh, the sign of God's presence with them, with them the, the temple in Jerusalem, had been demolished. And the people were uh, violently removed uh, to exile. They took the, uh, the brightest and the best first, and then eventually more and more came. And so they became uh, strangers in a strange land. And they were exposed to the raw power of an egotist named Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel 2 continues to depict the story of Daniel and his friends. This chapter begins with a twist. Chapter 1 showed us Nebuchadnezzar, who was a, a man of great power. And then chapter 2 begins by bringing us face-to-face with a man who's filled with panic. Listen to God's word in Daniel 2. If you have your Bible with you or a Bible app on your phone, you may want to follow along. But before we hear God's word, let's pray. Lord God, may the light of your word shine into our lives so that we uh, would have hope and that we would more and more uh, look to you, the light of this world, rather than stumbling in the darkness. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Daniel chapter 2. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. And the king replied to the astrologers, This is what I firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. And then the king answered, I'm certain you're trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there's only one penalty for you. You've conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, There is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious, he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, 
Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. And at this, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so he might interpret the dream for him. And then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we ask of you. You've made known to us the dream of the king. So Nebuchadnezzar woke in a fright. The most powerful man on earth in a panic. Nebuchadnezzar was plagued by a dream. Night after night, the same dream came. And day after day, he woke up tormented. Nebuchadnezzar's suspicions grew. Something is out to get him. Something terribly wrong was going to afflict him. The dream was so haunting that he called for all of his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers. Certainly the gods were trying to tell him something. These wise men should be able to discern what the gods want to communicate. All the wise men gathered, except for Daniel and his friends. And the king's demand is straightforward. I've had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Simple enough. I mean, with all of these experts carrying every particular place, uh, arena of knowledge and information and wisdom, they certainly should be able to give the king a sense of what his dream means. Just one problem. The king wouldn't tell him his dream. With his mind troubled and lack of sleep, Nebuchadnezzar makes a crazy demand. Tell me the dream and interpret it for me. The wise men protest. Uh, I mean, understandably, how can they possibly know what the dream is? He needs to tell them the dream. They're not mind readers. Without knowing the dream, they can't possibly give an interpretation. But Nebuchadnezzar doubles down. And he adds a stiff penalty, death. Tell me the dream or I'm going to cut you to pieces, tore you, tear you limb from limb, and your houses will all be destroyed. If he tells them the dream, they might just come up with any interpretation. I mean, who knows if what they propose is the right one. No matter how much the wise men try to talk some sense into the king, Nebuchadnezzar remains steadfast. Tell him the dream, tell him the interpretation, or you face an executioner. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar seems off the charts in craziness. Now just look what happens when Nebuchadnezzar hears the verdict from his astrological advisors. 
They say, no one can reveal to the king except the gods, and they don't live among men. The wise men speak a profound word of truth. But Nebuchadnezzar goes ballistic. This made the king so angry and furious, he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar could not handle the fact that something was totally outside his control. Despite all his power, Nebuchadnezzar came face to face with his own inability. Theologian Reinhold Niebuhr once noted, Mankind's tempted by the basic insecurity of human existence to make himself doubly secure. And so he grasps after position, fame, wealth, and power. But the more he attains, the higher he climbs, the more basically insecure he feels his position, for the more terrible his fall could be. Nebuchadnezzar was helpless. He felt threatened. For all the resources that he had, the solution he sought was beyond his grasp. He could brandish a a sword in threat. He could dangle treasures as some kind of great reward. But neither of these would bring an answer. For all his power and influence, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar was unable to get an answer. I mean, the truth is, the only one who holds all the answers is Daniel's God. And Daniel acts boldly, confident in God. When Daniel hears the threat against the wise men, which included him and his friends, he went to Nebuchadnezzar. I suppose some of this might think this is a bit stupid. I mean, he walks into the throne room of this most powerful man on earth, walked into the throne room of the man who had just sentenced him to death. His commander was out gathering all the wise men so he could execute them. Daniel went into the king and asked for time so he might interpret the dream for him. I mean, unbelievable, right? Daniel requested from the king the very thing the king had suspected of his court wise men. Nebuchadnezzar had said to the court astrologers, I'm certain you're trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. Tell me the dream. I mean, he had promised death to the wise men because he sensed that they were scheming him. And yet Daniel asks precisely for the thing that Nebuchadnezzar was suspicious of. He asks for time. He seems confident in God. Certain that God will show up when everything else seems to be going all wrong. And it's clear. Uh, The king gives him time. So Daniel goes off with his friends, tells him to get on their hands and knees and pray. Now, despite all of his confidence, his call to prayer must have been desperate. I don't think Daniel's invitation to his friends was, hey, let's just kind of pray about this. No, no, I believe they cried out to God. I think they pleaded with God to give them something they wouldn't otherwise get. And not only is it a plea for themselves, Daniel's urging isn't self-serving. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the men of Babylon. You understand, right? 
Daniel saying, God, I don't want any wise men to die today. Not even these enchanters, magicians, astrologers who are in the court of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel and his friends intercede for those who might otherwise have been considered enemies. They pray for the other wise men who are destined for death. They pray for their welfare. And during the night, God revealed the mystery to Daniel. God tells Daniel all about Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He shows Daniel the vision of a great statue. Its appearance was both brilliant and frightening. From head to toe, there were various elements, gold, silver, bronze, iron, a mixture of clay and iron. It's clear this is a statue of human design. And then comes a rock. A rock unlike the statue. Because this rock was cut not by human hands. And the rock struck the statue at its feet, and the statue collapsed, breaking into a million pieces of dust. And the rock that struck the statue became a great mountain that filled the earth. And the interpretation becomes clear to Daniel. And he will relate the truth to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar may be that head of gold, but he didn't get there by his own power. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory, says Daniel. In your hands he's placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he's made you ruler over them all. Daniel discovers in this dream and its interpretation what led him to confidently approach Nebuchadnezzar in the first place. The God he served, the God of Israel, the Lord is God most high. His God is the God of history. As Isaiah 40 says, God sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and he brings princes to naught and he reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. God holds the power to raise kings up and to bring them down. And the rock that collapses the statue and grows into a mountain is that kingdom of God that will spread throughout the whole earth. This is the God Daniel praises. God's Daniel is God Most High. Once the mystery is revealed to Daniel, he prays his prayers. He prays his praise to God. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness. And light dwells with Him. No, Daniel prays this way because God revealed the dream to him. Before Daniel brings the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, before he engages this crisis of uh, immediate urgency, all that's facing him, all that's facing his friends, before any verdict about being torn limb from limb, Daniel prays. As one person notes, Daniel pauses 
to reframe all reality in light of God who is greater than Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel reframes the notion of power that's so prevalent in our world. God's so much greater than anyone's fear. God's so much greater than any power or abusive power. God's so much greater than the politics of the moment. God's so much greater than the melodrama of so-called wise men. God is so much greater than the crisis of Israel's exile and captivity. Daniel frames reality by remembering and rehearsing who holds all of reality. It's his God. God is on the scene even as Nebuchadnezzar levels threats. Daniel may be unable, but God is more than able. Uh, there's this uh, movie called The Bear. It's a, a story of a young cub who's orphaned because his mother gets killed in a, a rock slide. And the cub bear meets up with an adult male grizzly. And they ended up forming a relationship. And at one point in the story, a mountain lion is stalking the cub. And suddenly the mountain lion confronts the cub. And the cub has, has nowhere to go. So he, he rises up on his hind feet, stands as tallest, and he emits this squeaky kind of growl. And the mountain lion is undeterred. But right then, right when the lion is poised to attack, he suddenly turns tail and he runs away. And the camera pans back. And we see why the lion raced off. There behind the brave cub stands the adult grizzly at full height with his arms, his paws, whatever they're called, reached out. And he is an impressive show of power and might. Ready to take on anything at all that threatens the cub. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God knows what's in the darkness, and God has the power to do something about it. Nebuchadnezzar could play mind games with his court wise men, but he didn't know God. And we have no power except that which God gives us. God is always on the scene. Daniel's God is the transcendent one. God's the God of creation. God made the heavens, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars. God isn't a, a God made by human hands like idols. God isn't a, a God that comes from someone's imagination. God is on the scene. God who knows all about our minds, all about our hearts, is the one who knows Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Because God knows the deep and hidden things. So as Daniel already knew, and as Nebuchadnezzar would come to learn, God is present in all things. And when God came through, revealing the mystery of the dream to Daniel, Daniel concluded his praise. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers, 
You've given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we asked of you. You've made known to us the dream of the king. Daniel's prayer of praise acknowledges God. Even as he concludes his presentation to Nebuchadnezzar regarding the dream, Daniel acknowledges God. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. God is on the scene, even for Nebuchadnezzar. The one who who truly controls the future, the one in charge of all power, is Daniel's all-powerful, all-wise God. (laughs) Many times in life we bump up into circumstances bigger than anything we can handle. The Apostle Paul once wrote to the Corinthian church about the hardships he was facing. He wanted them to be clear. He was under great pressure. He even despaired of life itself. But still, Paul had confidence in God. Paul says, Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we've set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Perhaps we need a renewed sense of God's presence. God is present in all circumstances. See, whatever haunts us, whatever seeks to threaten us, nothing can eliminate God's presence. We can trust God to guide us through every nightmare we face. God knows what lies in the darkness. For light dwells with him. Set your hope on God. For we can rely on our God most high. Let's pray together. Lord God, we uh, are grateful. Grateful that you are uh, always present. Uh, Grateful that you are there even when we don't see it. Grateful that you are there and grateful to know that you bring light into darkness, that you bring grace into our lives. Loving us in and through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. In His name we pray. Amen.